Hey friend, welcome to Spill It with Rios. Whether it is morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world listening in, we are all about keeping it real. My name is Nerissa, and I'm so excited that you are here. I want to take you on this journey where we sit down and talk about tips on how to achieve your goals while living in the moment and taking those tools to strive forward. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. Hello, here we are, episode three. Oh my gosh, I just feel like it's a huge accomplishment because I've hit the number three and I'm being very consistent with these episodes and I'm so happy that you're here listening in. The topic of maneuvering around the habit of people-pleasing is a topic that I've always wanted to talk about, but it's been a topic that I've been avoiding to talk about. We're going to talk about people-pleasing tendencies, how being a people-pleaser actually causes stress, and how can we reduce that kind of stress in regards to the decisions, making decisions, I'm sorry, that serve you. And also, we're going to navigate those anxious thoughts as a people-pleaser because we would have the fear of letting people down and staying stuck. That stuck feeling would just keep us numb for what we really want to do. So, let's start off with what is a people-pleaser? A people-pleaser is typically someone that everyone would consider helpful and kind. Now, as I say that, we cannot get that confused with, with someone who is genuinely kind and likes to help, and is very helpful, I should say, as well. So let's differentiate and dig a little deeper. People-pleasers crave validation and these people are normally taken advantage of by others i've also noticed that people pleasers tend to over apologize they always say i'm sorry even when it's not really their fault i know i had i should say still have the worst habit of being a people pleaser i'm slowly growing out of it but it's been taking me a while because i've been a people pleaser to um my family members to my husband's family members to even friends and i've realized especially on the topic of friends that i i want to put that in air quotes some people take advantage of the word friend so the reason why i put it in quotes sometimes because as you grow and better yourself and grow for yourself you've learned that You do people please your friends. Let's start off with that. You people please your friends because sometimes it benefits them more than it benefits for you. And you want to crave that validation that this person is not a family member and they will agree to what you want to do almost always. For example, the whole topic of my podcast. My podcast is basically I want to do personal growth in blended families. So I'm going with topics that involve personal growth, but also topics that can be intertwined with blended families. And I'm a millennial, so it can pertain to people in the generation of being a millennial. I don't see a conversation from a millennial mother who is married, has a child with her husband, but also is married into a blended family. In any relationship, you want to get along with your significant other's family. So 
Overall, I do get along with my husband's family, as do my husband gets along with mine. But obviously there's, I guess I say, a boundary or a wall behind those stories, and obviously that's between us. But people-pleasing as in, like, we're not going to change who we are just to impress somebody. It's not really worth the energy when really all our energy and time should be on our kids and ourselves as partners and as individuals. Now, many people can disagree with me on that, but that's kind of more of where I come from and how I was raised and how I grew up in this day and age. I'm going to put that in quotes because I don't know how many people would say that. I do know that in a blended family, there are a lot of couples, a lot of individuals, and I've also noticed personally millennials who do people please both sides of the family just to make them happy, just to please them. But behind the curtain, it's stressing them out. It's not making them happy at all whatsoever. You can hear an opinion from your in-laws or your actual family, but in reality, it's an opinion or advice from them that they're willing to share with you. And as that people-pleasing tendency grows and you don't cut off or draw that line, stress does grow from it. And obviously when you stress, it affects your decision-making and it affects your relationships and it affects your mental health. So the big elephant question in the room is why do we people please why do we want to people please why do we feel the need to people please and end up having it become a habit well for an obvious one is you want to avoid conflict who likes conflict like who really enjoys fighting and disagreeing or even having any tensions it's not no one wants that so again, we avoid conflict. People pleasers avoid conflict because they feel like it's a cop-out when you just go along with what others say. They want to avoid confrontation with others so you can make them happy or just agree with whatever they say, even if you honestly disagree with their opinion. And I think a lot of us can resonate with that because it speaks for itself. Like, why do you want to agree with an opinion that you truly disagree with. Here's an example in a blended family standpoint. And I'm gonna get a little touchy on this subject because it's real and like, I pro like I've said to you guys, I am gonna be real with you. I'm not promising to say everything, but I'm gonna say what I'm comfortable talking about. Conflict that I've personally dealt with as an example is the topic of having stepchildren. Now, I actually researched this up because I was really curious to see what the percentage of adults that are step-parents, and I saw that it's around 12 to 13 percent, which I thought, for me at least, from seeing that, is pretty high. Almost like something that could be normalized, basically. And I wrote these numbers down so I'm not just like making this up, I literally looked this up. 15% of men are stepdads and 12% of women are stepmoms. So from reading that, it makes it seem like step parents are more normalized than before. And that's just more on a numbers or percentage aspect. That's 
what you can just physically see and look up on the internet. The reality of it is, what do you really see in person? That's the reality, is what you see in front of like your personal experience. So for me, my stepkids, it took them a while to acknowledge the fact that then, I was then their dad's girlfriend, and then fiance, and obviously, eventually, their stepmom, as because I married their dad. Relationships that I have with each of my stepchildren mean the world to me, and it mattered to me because they are a part of my husband's life. So any other person's opinion or advice, I'll put that in quotes, they want to tell me in regards to being in a blended family without, at the time, without having any motherly experience is, honestly, I'm sorry, bullshit. An opinion of theirs and they are entitled to it. However, no one has a right to tell me what type of relationship I should be having with my stepchildren. While conflict has a negative tone behind it, it is actually a part of communication and it helps us grow. So even if you can get through a conflict with another person like at work or at school or a blended family, then it will make you stronger and a better person. So if you avoid conflict by appeasing everyone, uh, you will most likely bottle up a lot of resentment. Like I said, Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but it's not in somebody else's place to tell me, oh, it will not work out because he's gonna, my husband, he, will put his children before me. Oh, your stepkids will not love you like how they love their mother. Oh, this, oh, that. I'm pretty sure if you resonate with this, I would love to hear from you. I have my daughter in the other room watching TV. So thinking that she wouldn't make so much noise, um, I underestimated her. <laughs> but like I said, you do your own thing and take on the conflict. I know it's one of a it's more of a comfort zone kind of thing, but if you avoid it, you're going to have more resentment and regret in the long run. The next two are I kind of want to put together because they intertwine and that is the fear of rejection and the fear of disappointing others. Nobody's perfect. We are not perfect and you will most likely experience this, both of these. There will be some form of disappointment or rejection from another person in your life, especially if you're in a blended family. I know for myself, the fear of rejection and disappointment is big and I've always had that fear coming into a relationship and a family where it's partly made because obviously I'm not I'm not my stepkids mother but I am a motherly figure and I feared in the beginning that I didn't want to be rejected by them I didn't want them to hate me just because I'm with their dad or at seeing me as a replacement the key to that and I was able, for the most part, to avoid it, at least when they were younger, was to have that conversation with them saying, hey, just so you know, you can call me mom, you can call me Ness, you can call me a nickname that's between us, and that's the relationship with us. And that's it, that's our relationship, period. 
from my experience, don't go into it further, especially if the kids are younger or even if they're older, don't go into it except it's a conversation between you and them and obviously your partner. Because they're gonna, your kids are gonna see it in the long run and they won't have that feeling of rejection or disappointment because you have the conversation. Another reason why we people please is you want others to be nice to you. <laughs> I mean, I'm guilty of this one because honestly, who likes mean people? Because clearly you never know what is going on inside other people's lives or even what they're thinking. So even though you're nice to someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will be in the right mood to return the nice feelings. I know there are people who are a part of my life, not because I want them to, but because they happen to be in my life. And they're not nice to me. Why? I would love to know. That's a question. Sometimes I'm just like, I wish I could read minds, but at the same time, I'm glad I don't because I want your thoughts to be kept to yourself. I would rather have someone be bluntly honest and tell me almost in a mean way the truth versus someone that's two-faced or fake. Now the next one is kind of more confusing because people pleasers are genuinely compassionate. So let me dig a little deeper on this one. And it's the most common because behind being a people pleaser, it's great to be a genuine person who has a lot of empathy for others and is genuinely nice, like I think I said in the beginning. It means you care deeply about everyone around you. Usually if you fall into this type of category on why you're a people pleaser and how you're a people pleaser, you find that really you're not taking care of yourself. You're taking care of others, you're worrying about others and making sure they're okay, but you're not giving yourself that self-love or that self-care for you. You get lost and taking care of everyone else that you forget about your own self-care and that is put last on your to-do list. And honestly, that was one of my biggest struggles before. Um, self-love and self-care. I've been told by people in my life to take care of myself and I haven't, I wasn't doing that before because I always felt guilty for saying no. I had a hard time creating boundaries and I didn't know what my limits were. I didn't know what I could say yes to, I could say no to. I kind of depended on my surroundings versus me being Narissa. What I love about my relationship with my husband and all four of my kids is that we are open and transparent with each other. We show each other genuine compassion and love and, and also remind ourselves that, are you good? And remind ourselves for, to take care of ourselves and to take and have self-love. Like I stutter talking about it and I get the shivers because it's true and it's so deep and I want people to know that you need to break that habit of people pleasing. Yes, it's hard, but as long as you step out of that third wall, I like to say in acting, that third wall and just be you, trust me, you that resentment will be gone. Trust me, it takes time. Which leads me to how to stop being a people pleaser and navigating around that habit. 
The biggest tip, and personally, in my opinion, the most important one, is to say no. And I know that's a habit that many people have a hard time breaking. So, if this is a habit that you have and you want to start to break that habit, start with something small. And hear me when I say that when you say no, trust me, the world will not end. <laughs> people will rarely take offense when you say no, and those who do take offense when you say no aren't worth pleasing in the first place. They are not worth your time and energy. Another tip is basically to ask for what you want because no one can read your mind. Express your needs. Do not assume others know what you are feeling or they know what it is you want. It's not another person's responsibility to meet your needs if you have not clearly spoken about what those needs are. So for example, if I say something to my husband, like I want to eat sushi on Friday. I need to literally say I want to eat sushi on Friday, not expect him to know that I want to eat sushi on Friday and expect him to know beforehand like, hey, I want sushi and just leave it at that. I have like, he's not going to know that, oh, okay, she wants sushi. Does she want it now? Does she want it later? Like, no, he can't read my mind. And that's a big thing. Like, you need to communicate that with your partner. You need to communicate what you're feeling and how do you feel and what are your needs. Be honest and express what you want. If, or if there is like a big decision being made, openly share your perspective because you never know. It might end up being a decision that could change your life and for the good. And sometimes opening up means a lot. Which leads me to this. And it's to basically change how you value yourself. Helping others should be something you do because you want to. Let me say that again. You want to help others. It's because you want to do it, not just because you have to. It's because you want to. The willingness to help others should come after you know how to help yourself. Do something for yourself. Do one positive or creative thing that you've always wanted to do but have not acted on because you feel concerned about others' opinions. And let me start this off with my podcast. I honestly think that this would not have taken off because I've always worried about others' opinions. But after a long conversation with people that matter in my life, I said, you know what? F this and let's do this thing because I've always wanted to do this. This is for me, this is for my family, and this is for others who are also dealing with this similar or very same situation that we can have this conversation as friends or acquaintance or people are just sitting and chatting. Because when you do something for yourself, you'll feel more refreshed and more in touch with what you need and want. Connecting more deeply with yourself will help you make healthier decisions that will benefit you and everyone around you. I'm going to say that again. Making healthier decisions that will benefit you 
let that sit. Benefit for you. When it benefits you, it will benefit your partner, your kids, your family, and everybody else that surrounds you. It's like a ripple effect. That's so powerful because, honestly, it's the truth. And I I get shivers just talking about it. But I really do hope that this episode resonated with you so much because it's very important to me. And I know if you're listening and I know how important it is for you. I'm rooting for you so much. And thank you so much for coming on this journey and continuing on this journey with me. I hope to see you at the next episode. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend. Or share the episode on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for getting the message out. I'm humbled and grateful to be on this journey with you. So until next time, I'll talk to you again soon.